Anxiety? Why would I have a problem with that? What? No. What'd you have for breakfast? Um, so today, um, it was my day off and I haven't been feeling so well. So, um, I, I have recently been dating this guy. Um, he's, he's really great. His name is Brian. And, um, we, well, he, he had to go to Northeastern for a meeting today. Um, and so he had to wake up really, really early. And I wasn't about to wake up early because I just, I, I haven't been feeling very well. And he, he, he leans over and he kisses me and he goes, hey, so I'm going to meet my friend for breakfast. Do you want anything from Bagelsaurus? And I was like, oh, I've never heard of that place before. Just kidding. I love Bagelsaurus. And they allegedly listened to our podcast about them. So if you're listening, hey, Bagelsaurus. Hi, Bagelsaurus. We love you a lot. Um, so yeah, today I had, um, we, I had a classic jumbo, which is egg cheese and it's got this like butter mustard, um, it had this butter mustard, which is so amazing. Um, and I also get it with bacon and I usually go for the for the pretzel bagel. It's actually the only bagel I've ever gotten at Bagel Saurus. <laughs> but the so uh my boyfriend has been out of town. Or well he's he's been in town rather cuz he lives in New Jersey. Um and so he has been here for a while and so we've been to Bagel Saurus basically every day. And the other day we went and they didn't have any pretzel bagels because my life is hard throw me into the sea. And so I was thinking about that throwing myself into the sea and i was like oh a sea salt bagel that that sounds like a fun fun little substitution gonna uh, throw my taste buds where they belong just in the sea crashing among the waves uh so yeah so i had it on a sea salt bagel the sea salt bagels are even better than the pretzel bagels in my humble opinion um yeah so it was a really good breakfast uh he brought it to me and then i promptly fell back asleep because i just i was like my throat hurts goodbye um and i woke up and it was cold and it was still delicious your boyfriend sounds uh really awesome i want to meet him one day he sounds really really uh swell uh <laughs> uh he's the worst actually i don't like him at all no he sounds like it he really does sound like the worst yeah. especially when um when he brings you bagels in bed, it sounds really sweet. Uh, I too went to Bagel Source uh, by Whoa, coincidence. Really? Yeah. Did you see my boyfriend there? I I, I think so. Was he uh, wearing a Roderick on the Line shirt? Um, I don't know what that podcast is. Uh, it's a podcast where Merlin Mann and Roderick, John Roderick, talk about things. Oh, John Roderick, the the Long Winters one. Yeah, the Long Winters. Is it one. the Lone Winters or the Long Winters? Uh, yeah, it's the Lone Winters. They do that really good song, Cardamom. Oh, yeah! Her skin, her skin is cardamom. Her skin is cardamom. Yeah, it's yeah, a great song. Yeah, no, I love it. Uh, I went to Bagelsaurus, and I have uh, never gotten a breakfast sandwich there. Uh, I always just got a bagel with cream cheese of some kind. So today I switched it up with their new bagel, which was, oh, I believe it was a cranberry nut bagel. Whoa. It was awesome. Whoa. Oh, I didn't even tell you this. No. Well, <clears throat> oh, no, I guess you're my boyfriend. Oh, no, oops. Uh, I too went to Bagel Source and I got the um, 
uh, cranberry nut bagel with honey rosemary cream cheese, and it was delicious. It was so incredibly delicious. Um, I have been experimenting with really sweet bagels there because I had a cinnamon raisin with this uh, rosemary honey cream cheese that they have. That's absolutely out of this world. And so I thought, hey, they're doing something new. Might as well try this. And I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, what else? I got your sandwich. Uh, and then, ooh, while we're on the subject of what we ate today, uh, do you want to talk about uh, our breakfast for dinner? I really do, because do I was super, super proud of this. So the other day on this podcast, I talked about making polenta, which is like my new favorite thing. If you're not hip to the groove, uh, polenta is basically like grits, except with cornmeal. Um, it's it's probably a lot more nuanced than that, but I'm a simple woman. Um, so it's I, I've been making it, and I've been making it kind of in this like, um, I've been making it in this sort of like, um, porridge style. I like it really hot. I like it really cold. And some people like it just right. Listener, she's glaring at me as if I just ruined everything about her life and like took her glasses and smashed them on the ground. I just had a like a split second of like trying to envision what my life would be like if I just like threw you out the window right now. Uh, what would it be like? Well, it would not be like this amazing polenta breakfast for dinner we had. Hey! Bring it back. Your girl can transition back to the subject. Anyway, I usually have this really hot polenta. And the other day, I had way too much of it. And so I remembered um, there when I, when I used to make polenta a ton in like middle school and high school. Like, I know that's a really weird thing for a middle school and high schooler to make often. But like, wow, I made that really often. Um, I knew that if you took like some polenta on a cookie sheet and you just kind of spread it out um, and then you like put it in the fridge or the freezer, that it gets hard. Um, and then you can take the, like, the resulting kind of, like, firm cornmeal patty sort of thing, and then you can fry it, which is delightful. And, uh, so that's what we did, because I had so much, so much extra the other day that I had it in the fridge, and I was like, okay, we're gonna make this polenta, and I knew I wanted to make breakfast, because it's you, and, like... I don't know if, if you in the audience know this, but Brian is kind of a picky eater and always has been. But since we've been dating, he's been really trying to, like, not be so picky, which, like, thank you, because I couldn't handle that. Um, So I was like, OK, we're going to make it breakfast. And so it's kind of like hash browns, but it's like, no, it's fried polenta instead of hash browns. And for the meat, um, I just, like, didn't have any breakfast meat on hand. But what I did have was pepperoni and... Like, oh my goodness, like fried pepperoni is my favorite of the breakfast meats as as of right now. I'm so excited for our um, breakfast meat showdown episodes so that we can hash out, quote unquote, ding, uh, the differences between bacon, sausage, and pepperoni. Yeah, I'm so excited about this, especially because I think a lot of people don't understand that pepperoni is a viable breakfast meat option. Um, so I'm excited to discuss this. But anyway, so that's basically what we had. Uh, I didn't have 
enough cheese on hand. I'm like used to having like so much like cheese that I don't have to worry about like having enough for two people. But like, wow, I really worried there. So you had cheese on yours. I decided not to because like, wow, I'm lactose intolerant anyway and should not be having cheese regardless. It was still the sweetest thing ever when you said, hey, uh, you get all the cheese. (laughs) And I did. I gave you all the cheese. Which was honestly probably a little more cheese than I would have put on, but it was good, wasn't it? Uh, oh, yeah. But at the same time, I put so much cheese on everything I eat that that was nothing. That was absolutely nothing. <laughs> but um, on top of that, I don't know if I mentioned this, but on top of that, uh, I, we also put two fried eggs. We were thinking about soft boiled eggs, but I honestly wanted the like crispy edges of a fried egg to like complement the fried polenta. Yeah, it was uh, it was absolutely amazing. I enjoyed having my first polenta. Uh, you compared it to grits but with cornmeal, uh, which I totally get. Uh, I have only ever had grits once in my life, and I didn't enjoy the texture. So having polenta around fried like that, it tasted like if cornbread were like as moist as chocolate cake, and I really enjoyed it. <laughs> that makes me really happy that you'd say that. Yeah, no. Because you love cornbread. <laughs> Boy, howdy, do I love cornbread. What else are we talking about tonight? Uh, ooh, you tried making your own AeroPress coffee today. Yeah, I think we we had a kind of a diversion there with like um, talking about our breakfast today. But like, <laughs> wow, you enjoyed it. I was really surprised at how much fun you had while making the, uh, the AeroPress. Yeah, no. So for a while, so you know, since we've been dating, you've been making AeroPress coffee for me, but um. I I never endeavored to make it myself because whenever I watched you do it, I always thought it was so complicated looking. But <clears throat> but today you um today you had already made me some coffee, and I was thinking to myself like, well, I mean, I don't want you to like I, I didn't want to like ask you to make me another cup of coffee, but I really wanted another cup of coffee, and as I've been saying this entire podcast. I've been feeling really sick lately, so I didn't want to, like, go out for more coffee. So I was like, okay, just teach me how to make it. And you were so excited. Um, But yeah, no, it was, like, a really therapeutic experience. Like, something that I've been experimenting a lot with as far as, like, like mindfulness. And I've, I've been doing a lot of research into rituals and how they, like condition our bodies and make us feel certain things in the day and they make you like feel less stressed and a little less anxious um anxiety why would I have a problem with that what no um but yeah so I've been doing research into like ritual rituals and stuff like that and it just I love the ritual of making coffee in the AeroPress because it feels different to making a pot of drip coffee or making a thing of French press because it's like not that making French press isn't a process because it totally is, but there are so many steps to the AeroPress and maybe because now I'm just learning the steps that each one is really special. But yeah, it just, it felt like self-care. It felt like <laughs> something that like is a little bit, to me, convoluted, like more convoluted than putting a bunch of grounds in a basket and some water in a machine and letting it drip. Um, but not so complicated that it was totally un- un- like totally unintelligible and i couldn't remember it i feel that way about cocktails especially when there's so much prep work and ritual that goes into making a cocktail like martinis i love but oh my god i could never make my own martinis the way that 
you know, I would get in a bar or something like that. I love the idea that ritual, you know, means something and the psychology behind it as well. Uh, has to do a lot with how your brain's conditioned to do things. So every morning waking up, making a cup of air-pressed coffee feels really, really good because it's like, this is how I'm going to start the day. This means a caffeine is happening. I'm like a little rat at a little uh, drip bottle sucking for the water that gives me caffeine or water. That metaphor got away from me. Yeah, little, little rat at a drip bottle. <laughs> I don't like, know about that. <laughs> rat in a lab kind of thing in a maze with cheese, getting my caffeine cheese. Despite all my rage, I'm still just a turd in a cage. But um, moving on from that, I really enjoy making air-pressed coffee for exactly that reason. There's also the fact that I do believe it's the best way to make coffee, just in general. I really enjoy having... Uh, Sorry, you you were about to say something. No, I wanted to let you finish. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, I love how minimal it is. Ooh. It feels so, like, like, the process itself is not minimal, but the, like, the hardware is so minimal. It all, like, fits up in this little compact thing, and it's just like, like, you can hold it in your hands. Like, what other coffee method possible, like, does that? Unless you're, like, maybe holding, like... A container of instant, like, <laughs> instant coffee. Like, wh- how else can you, like, hold it in your hands that way? Mocha pots are tiny, but they make a proportional amount of coffee. Like, yeah. a tiny mocha pot doesn't make much coffee. I think you should probably explain a little bit what an AeroPress looks like and how, how it works. Because I feel like a lot of people probably are, like, scratching their heads. So, as a AeroPress primer... Let me go into the details about how coffee is brewed in general. When you do drip coffee, the gravity is pulling the water through the grounds and the filter. At that point, it is in your carafe and you drink it and you're happy because the coffee and water are infused. So like most of my love life. Yeah, exactly. Uh, It's just strained through a machine. Sorry, that got away from me. (laughs) (laughs) French presses, on the other hand, uh, are coffee sitting in water for four to five minutes uh, until you press it, separate out the grounds, pour it out. Then you have coffee being infused that way. That gets a lot more of the oils and richness of the flavor infused in there that gravity doesn't really let you have. Oils. And then um, somewhere in the middle there is the AeroPress that is steeping like the... French press in a little container. A lot of people compare it to a French press. It is not quite a French press. Instead of gravity, you have pressure from this vacuum plunger that is forcing the coffee through the grounds and the filter. So you get a much faster brew time. I brew a cup of coffee in less than two minutes as opposed to maybe four or five minutes for a French press and then however long gravity takes to pull water through the grounds uh, for a drip uh, coffee. But the AeroPress, what makes it special is that pressure plays a much bigger part in it. And you can get a very fast brew time. You get a ton of flavor. And you also get a very small uh, form factor. When you look like it... uh, I find it funny that you said, like, a science experiment. James T. Green of Post Loudness said the exact same thing to me on Twitter after our last episode. Uh, He said that, oh, it looks very scary. It looks like a science experiment. There's honestly less that can go wrong and less timing needed than something like a V60, germs. uh, What's a V60? It is... That sounds like a a broom in Harry Potter. (laughs) (laughs) And there goes Ron Weasley on his V60. 
What a fast broom. What they're, a fast broom. They're definitely not all the same. <laughs> the V60 is like a Chemex with the bottom cut off. It's just a little drip cone you put on top of a mug. Do you think that it feels really like like the Chemex is superior? Like, do you think it feels bad about itself? Uh, no, I feel like the Chemex, which is another drip cone, uh, carafe built in, uh, is much more superior to the V60 because of, A, the industrial design, which really doesn't affect the coffee that much, but I really like how it looks. It looks I'm like asking a- how you think it feels about itself. I feel. I think it feels superior because of its specially branded filters that are really, really freaking thick. That and, is special. Yeah, and they really get a lot of the flavors into the coffee, but not so much the oil. I really like it for a neat cup of coffee. Like the oil that you get in a French press is not in a Chemex or really an Aeropress. So if you were like a coffee brewing method, do you think you would be an Aeropress? I would be an Aeropress because I put pressure on everyone in my life to deliver. <laughs> Oh, God, I wasn't expecting that. Oh, my God. Ooh, what would I be? Ooh, you know, I'd be cold brew, but I would be like, well, I guess that would just be a method of making coffee more than an implement. No, no, that's a brewing method. No, but I'm saying like, I think, wasn't my original question like what what brewing implement? Uh, Whatever, it doesn't matter. I would be cold brew that's been steeping probably about 24 hours later than it should have been so it's really bitter and unpalatable it's just sitting in the corner doing nothing for hours and then ends up really bitter at the end of it well and then it's kind of like it it was good once at one point but we have forgotten what that good point was and then you try to drink it and you think okay this is like Good, I appreciate the effort, but honestly, why do I have this in my life? And then you hand it to your girlfriend, and she's like, this tastes like dirt. Let's address that. On our last episode, (laughs) your beloved Aeropress made coffee that you, quote-unquote, said tastes like dirt. It was too strong for me. I wanted to to retract that statement, because I, I was caught off guard. I didn't realize we were recording a podcast until, like, all of a sudden I was there, and I was put on the spot. Um, yeah, no, the AeroPress, I think, sometimes brews a little strong for me. Um, the way I had it today, which I think is, like, when I do eventually buy an AeroPress, which I absolutely will do, um, I'll probably make coffee most of the time the way that I made it today, which was, like, brewing hot over a cup of ice, and then the ice kind of dissolves and waters it down a little bit. I have seen that method called, uh, Japanese iced coffee, or flash frozen, or flash freezed that's not a real word, iced coffee, where, yes, brewed hot onto a bed of ice. The ice melts almost instantly, so you use a little bit less water, and then it's diluted to like a normal cup of cold coffee that you add ice to. It's one of my favorite things to do. It was just incredibly smooth, really good. Maybe it's just because I made it and I'm perfect. Uh, You are. I mean, for your first uh, AeroPress experience, it's... uh, I'm really, really glad you enjoyed it. Uh, To me, I feel like so much of coffee culture is snooty. And difficult Snooty to get McStuderson. into. Yes. Hi. Uh, I should get that printed on business cards. Uh, it's difficult to break into because of all this extra stuff. But on one hand, I think it's fun. I know there's a lot less I need to do when it comes to coffee. If you listen to my last episode, uh, you heard me go through how I do uh, an AeroPress. And I've had people on Twitter tell me that. Uh, I am very in-depth and intense about yeah. how I make it. 
And I know I don't have to. I just think it's fun to be that meticulous. Like you said, it feels like self-care. That Well, I think it, it also, it, it like coaxes, it's like, what's the word I'm looking for? It like, not coaxes is not the right word, but it kind of like satisfies the scientist in you because mm-hmm. you actually have a scientist in you. I'm just, I'm just an art freak. There's a- <laughs> It's like if one day there's a little bit extra grounds in the coffee, it's like, good, it's improvisation. <laughs> Uh, there's also the fact that I, I, the fact that you call the AeroPress minimal blows my mind because when you get the AeroPress kit on Amazon, it's full of junk. There's a bunch of stuff that you get with it and it does not feel very minimal at all. But I mean, the implement itself is so, so minimal. Mm -hmm. It is the smallest way you can make coffee. That's true. Um, but when you get the kit, it comes with like a funnel and a thing for filters and a scoop and a stirrer and then the AeroPress itself. And like when I first got it, I was extremely overwhelmed by it. And after a while, I've really pared it down to just the essentials. With me traveling, I only have the AeroPress, some filters, my grinder and the scoop. And that's three distinct pieces that like I, I know there are grinders uh, that fit inside the AeroPress, and one day I will get one of those. I love you, Allison. Uh, but there's going to be uh, there's ways of paring it down so it's not as overwhelming as when you get the box from Amazon. Yeah, I just think that's that's kind of the other thing. That's kind of the other thing with coffee culture is like you said it, it can be really snooty, and that's kind of like a barrier. But I think also the cost barrier is a part of it. Like I was just thinking to myself, oh, I really wish a kit existed for the AeroPress that was, like, all of the filters and also the travel cap and also a grinder. Like, all of those things together in one convenient kit that's, like, $60, $70. I feel that. And Amazon, I'm sure, can bundle that all together for you. But there's also the fact that the Venn diagram of people that want an easy solution for making coffee and the Venn diagram of people who are into AeroPress coffee of this caliber and doing this stuff is very slim. If you are in this culture, again, one of the barriers to entry and one of the like uh, gatekeeping techniques of the culture, which I'm not proud of, is that everyone has their own opinion. And I have definitely blathered out my coffee opinions a lot on this show, and I'm not proud of implicitly pushing people away by saying, these are my opinions, and I'm very staunch about them, and if you feel otherwise, meh, but... On one hand, I mean that kind of jokingly with other coffee people, but on the other hand, I am definitely intimidating people, <laughs> and it makes me really happy that you were able to have fun with it and enjoy it, making this coffee and in having it taste the way you want it to taste. That makes me feel very happy. Well, and it makes me happy because I think a lot of the barrier for me personally is that like, New England has super rubbed off on me, and like... I would say 99% of the time, I would rather have an iced coffee over a hot coffee. Mm-hmm. And there are so few ways to, like, brew a cold coffee that's not, like, making it terrible by watering it down with ice. Yeah, definitely. So I was really a fan to, like, find a method that I thought watered it down an appropriate amount to, like, make it palatable and fine but also like wasn't too watery yeah it it makes me really happy that cold brewing is one of the best ways ever to make coffee ever yet it has the least maintenance throughout just takes a lot of time well and it's it's also cheap if you don't buy you don't have to buy a toddy to do it all you need is like a mason jar and some coarse grounds and some cheesecloth (laughs) it just reminds me of that episode of you suck at cooking 
where he makes the cold brew. We'll we'll leave the link in the description because it's it's necessary viewing. For it all. is fantastic. There's also the fact that last night at two in the morning, I spent about an hour watching YouTube videos about uh, the La Pavoni espresso machine. That's about a thousand dollars, and I want it really, really bad. I woke up in the morning, and Brian's like, "I want a thousand dollar coffee maker," and I was like, "Do you know how much rent that is for me? Like, don't." Don't do that. But that's like really, really cheap compared to other commercial models that I was considering saving up for as well when I had a house and a job. (laughs) In the future, when we have disposable income. When we have like enough income that we can maybe lease a car and an espresso machine. I hate you. I hate me too. No one listens to this show. God. Excuse me. I'll just be over here, like, grinding up some beans by hand and throwing them into a jar and letting them sit for a week. Excuse me while I make a vacuum plunger cup of coffee with my inverted method. Excuse me while I literally just take coffee beans and grind them with my teeth and eat them. Excuse me while I grind coffee beans with a razor and then snort them. Huh. Okay, I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to do this game anymore. <laughs> oh God, I wish I wasn't so coffee. That was twenty. Whoa! Did minutes. you hear what I just said? What? I wish I wasn't so coffee. Out! Oh my God! Just found the after show.